This is the Midlife Surfer Podcast, episode one. My name is Jeff. I'm in Santa Cruz, California. Actually, I'm in the Altamont Pass driving home. I'm a hardware salesman. I am a vulnerable adult learner, although I'm not that vulnerable anymore. And I, uh, I love the Val term. And I guess I am a Val. I'm certainly not born and bred surfer at all. I'm one of those uh, guys who picked it up in their early 30s. And now I'm getting in the ways of uh, 13-year-old kids yelling at, him, yelling at me. Actually, I don't get yelled at that much. I tend to surf at the beaches where I can. A spot called Manresa. And then uh, the notable spots in Santa Cruz, The Hook, Pleasure Point. There's Steamer Lane, which still intimidates me six or seven years later. But I want to start a podcast in 2020. And I want to talk about surfboards because I think about them all the time. And surfboard quivers. I may partner with somebody down the road. We may interview people about their quivers. And I guess the goal of this podcast is if you're into surfboards and all the minutia uh, involved with them, which I know there's millions of you out there, or probably thousands of you out there, a couple hundred of you out there that are interested in such things, then um, I don't know, hopefully you can indulge in this recording from time to time. I'll tell you about my quiver for episode one, and then I'll duck out of here. Uh, first surfboard that I purchased uh, was a Walden Magic model. That lasted about two or three months um, because I wanted to get something shaped locally. So I, I sold that off, and there's a shaper, uh, Michelle Junot, a great longboarder. I believe he shaped out of Sunset, Sunset Beach or the North Shore in the 70s. <clears throat> He's from um, Southern California, but now he's up here in Santa Cruz on Almar Street. Super sweetheart of a guy, very friendly dude. Got a handful of boards shaped from him through the years. But currently, I have um, a nose rider from him, a 910. I think it's 23 and a half wide. Super wide, super thick. I think it's three and three sixteenths. And it's his regular old nose rider model, the Ron model. It's dark blue. If I ever publish this podcast, perhaps I'll uh, include a picture uh, on a web page or something. Um, so I hardly use that board. I used to longboard a lot, but I, I wanted to go shorter and shorter. And uh, last year, about this time, I I have uh, a board shaped from Michelle. Uh, it's called this 345 Fish. And I went in there wanting to get a fish, a proper fish, or at least something more my height. I'm 6'2". I wanted to get some about 6'2 or 6'4". I could tell Michelle's into flotation wants to make sure I'm going to be getting into waves. And I think I undersell my abilities too. And I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that good. Uh, but I have a feeling while I'm discussing, um, a shape with the shaper that I come off as a noob or, uh, you know, Michelle just thinks that I need a bigger board than I kind of wanted. And honestly, it's a little bit, it's a lot bigger than I wanted. <laughs> but, um, anyway, it's a six, nine, three, four, five fish. So it's one of those jumbo fishies. And it's got five fins or five fin boxes. I ride it with a quad setup. It's also too wide. Well, that's also wide. Not, I wouldn't say too wide because I catch a lot of waves on it. And every time I take it out, I have fun. So it's probably, um, probably should be my favorite board. It doesn't look like the typical fish or, or what you, your ego tells you you should be riding. It's a beautiful board though. It's yellow. It's got a big, thick redwood stringer right down the gut. And, um, it's, Three and sixteenths thick, twenty-three wide, six foot, nine inches. It's yellow. It's got a big fish tail. Not not a little swallow tail, but a big fish tail. I hope to interview um, 
couple shapers down the road and maybe just focus on tail designs, you know, and see if they can articulate how a tail feels uh, from person to person. What a, you know, what a, uh, I guess you'd call it a fishtail, what a fishtail would do as opposed to, say, a, a pintail or a swallowtail. I think if you're a really hardcore surfer and uh, you're jaded with surfing, you're not going to like this podcast. But if you're an adult learner like me or you just are into just talking mess about boards, uh, contact me. Midlifesurfer at gmail.com. We could talk about your boards if you want. That'd be kind of cool. So I have more boards too. I I most recently, um, well, along with that fish, my father-in-law had a, board made for him that's 710 21 inches wide and it's three and a 16th i believe thick or maybe three and an eighth it's kind of a fun board shape it looks like a needle it's not an egg for sure it's got a really pointy nose it's got a lot of rocker to it i think it looks most like a channel islands uh, m13 model and i really don't ride it that much one because it looks like it's geared for big waves and uh, I don't know if I'm into big waves. Anything over six feet is uh, a challenge for me. I'm still trying to get my duck dives down, you know, uh, my fundamentals. Get my head right, too. I get, I see a four-foot wave about to crash on me, and I, I still get that pang of anxiety that I'm just going to... I'm not sure what I'm afraid is going to happen, but I'm always a bit anxious out there in the lineup, specifically with the beach breaks. It's a whole other animal, which I, which I really enjoy. Um, so there is that board, which I rarely ride. And then I most recently, uh, well, let's see. I have a 6-2 Channel Islands Weirdo Ripper. My friend Jason, who uh, hopefully will be on the podcast down the road with me, actually bought it on spec. He looked at it and thought, I would like it. So I, uh, so I bought it for him, and I bought it for him at a really nice price, 350 bucks. So it was kind of a deal too hard to pass up. I've only surfed it probably three or four times total. The first time I took it out, I did not catch a lot of waves, but I caught one wave. And it was a kind of a voila moment for me. It was a thruster setup, but I was actually able to do turns. And in my head, I think I was ripping it up like uh, Gabriel Medina or something. But um, I'm sure I looked pretty kooky out there. But it turned like no other. I'd never experienced a board that turned so well. And as I talk about it, I want to take it out right now. And then lastly, a board that I'm, I'm really excited about. It's a stretch out of Santa Cruz. It's an IT model. 6.8 by 21.5 by 2 and 3 quarters. It's about 42 liters. Um, the uh, previous board I mentioned, the Weirdo Ripper, is 40 liters. 6.2 by 21.5 and, and I think 2 and 7 eighths or something like that. This one is 42 liters, so a little more float. And while I've yet to have that truly memorable wave or that feeling where I feel like I figured that board out, I, uh, I took it out in some big surf a couple weeks ago. And uh, I didn't impress anybody by catching any monster bombs, but it was, it was seven to eight feet at Manresa State Beach, which was really heavy and more heavy than I'd prefer and probably more heavy than I'll ever paddle out again. And I, my challenge was to just simply paddle out, my goal rather. I tried, uh, I rolled up with, with two other buddies it was early in the morning. Christmas was about a week away. It was kind of felt like Christmas season was there. People were starting to take work off. The kids were out of school one early morning. And it was just that, it was just dumping, you know, just that big build up. the wave throws. Good. 
Here it's building again. Good, good. Scared the shit out of me. My buddy Craig walks up, looks at it and says, Yeah, I think I'm going to pass today. And he was probably, it was probably a wise move. Meanwhile, I have another friend, Jason, who I mentioned before, who um, just charged it. Just got out there. He's, he's bigger than me. He's heavier than me. Yeah, I have, uh, I, I, but, he's, but he's in great shape, well, especially swimming in water shape. And he just started duck diving, duck diving. And you, you know how it goes. Just getting beat back, taking his licks. And he was out there for a good 20, 30 minutes. Uh, he took a couple waves, got crushed on a couple. And he was way outside. So Craig, who's a much better surfer than me, he's been doing it all his life, tried paddling out and came back about a minute later and said, nah, I don't want to do it. Not for me today. I'm not up for it. And so I had that in my head. So I decided I was going to give it a shot or pretend I was trying. I tried. I got out about 30 yards out. It was pretty exhausting just trying to get through that first tier of waves, that white water. And I paddled back in and sat next to Craig with that defeatist attitude. And then I tried again. I paddled. Um, a nice Mexican family was watching me on the beach. And they just watched me kook it up. I uh, I had trouble duck diving waves. Um, it beat me back again. And I went back and I, 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 I uh, stood next to Craig on the beach and I was still watching Jason out there and these were monsters for me at least just big mountains if you've ever surfed a big beach break you know exactly what I'm talking about and again I'm going to say a lot of kooky things so if you roll your eyes at, at the words that are coming out of my mouth and hate me for uh, for being a, a vulnerable adult learner a props to Chad Smith by the way and David Scales from the Surf Splendor podcast they taught me that term and I always cringe every time they say that I call it a val because like, you know what because I am a val but then I also think of vowels. I think of vowels as those who probably are on a surf tech or, you know, some Chinese-made board. And I'm not high and mighty about Chinese imports. That's ride what you want to ride. Fire wires out of Thailand or whatever. That's fine. I, I just, I've had fun getting local board shaped. And I, I don't think there's any morality to it. And I won't judge you. But um, maybe I will. I don't know. But anyway, I guess I am a vowel. Technically, I am a vowel. But I have local boards. And I'll stay out of the way. I understand how a lineup works. Uh, I won't drop in on you. If, if I do, it's by accident. I get dropped in on. <laughs> anyway, so the third... So I, I was talking to Craig on the beach, and um, I I had this IT model. Look it up. It's uh, Stretch Surfboards. I think it's US or just Stretch Surfboards. Google it and find the IT. It's a mid-length, he calls it. Seven to, I think, uh, eight and a half feet or something like that. Well, he made me one that's six, eight. And um, it's kind of an all-arounder. It's got a pintail, a pretty a nice big nose. Uh, I got a quad set up, some really cool pink uh, stretch uh, future quad fins. And I said, yeah, maybe this board, I'm no good at duck diving it. It might be a little too much volume. And just kind of made an excuse. And Craig looked at me and looked at the board and said, no, that's a, that's a pretty good board. You could duck dive it. In fact, today would be a good chance to practice your duck dive. And, uh, and he was right. And so I said, well, all right, fuck it. I'm going to get out there and do it. Try one more time. Third time's a charm. This time I didn't give up. And uh, here's a little tip uh, for those, um, you know, trying to learn how to duck dive and to keep your cool and to keep your stamina in the water. I didn't try hard. I paddled really soft. I didn't frantically paddle. And there I was. I got beat back. You know, that first layer of white water <laughs> rushing through. It always shoots me back. I'm sure my duck dive looked like hell. But I kind of made it out to that second tier. 
of waves. And I had uh, real estate. I had a good 20, 30 yards to paddle where I, I was not getting beaten. I couldn't believe the progress I was making. And I started, and I, and I finally saw Jason out there in the lineup. And um, he was out there, though. I still had to make it through the main, the, the big, the big, the big set waves that were coming through. And, and lo and behold, I was, uh, I was really proud that I'd been ha- made it halfway out. And it, it was starting to come to fruition. I was realizing, you know, in fact, I, I may make this. <laughs> and, um, and then waves were breaking on the outside and a set came and I thought I was going to get destroyed and everything in my brain, my heart was pounding, my brain's telling me, turn around, turn around, turn around. I didn't get destroyed. And, and again, I, I try not to have hyperbole. For Hawaiian measurement's sake, I'm sure they were small waves, but you know, for the layman like me and, and for Surfline, <laughs> Surfline had it at 8 to 9 feet. It was a west-northwest swell. And I think um, some like... Uh, 10 feet at, I don't know, 15 seconds or something. But the waves were culminating in, in what Surfline was reading, um, 8 to 9. And these were certainly the biggest waves I think I'd, 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 uh, I'd seen on the beach break at least. And they broke in front of me, but, you know, they weren't breaking on me. They broke a good 10, 20 yards in front of me where it gave me time to duck dive the white water. And it beat me back, but I eventually made it. Uh, the set came through. And then I just hauled ass all the way outside. And um, it felt so good. My buddy Jason turned around. He put his arms up triumphantly. Surprised. It looked To me, it looked like he was surprised. You made it out here. And I was like, I did. I was totally out of breath. And the last thing on my mind was catching a wave. Which is good because <clears throat> I didn't catch a wave. Right when I got out there, Jason goes, Okay, don't take the first wave of the set. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's another one coming, you know, second or third wave. You know, I noticed there was a right peeling, uh, just a, a, a couple, uh, a couple, uh, you know, uh, hundred, uh, you know, some yards to, to our North. So I said, let's go get that right. So we started paddling toward that, right. And that's when I saw another giant mountain. And this one was bigger than I'd seen, uh, on the beach or as I paddled out and I yelled the loudest outside outside <coughs> I yelled it like that I yelled it really loud it probably probably panicky I probably freaked Jason out because what did he do he turned and went for as this wave was building he just went for the first wave that came that preceded it um, he did not take his own advice and then I didn't see Jason again for a good I don't know five or ten minutes <laughs> it felt like five or ten minutes probably just a couple minutes but so I yell outside. I paddle basically for Hawaii. I go as far outside as I possibly can. And um, I clear it. I get over these huge mountains. You know, you're paddling up this mountain. And then whoosh, I look behind me. And it's just big closeouts. Just kadoosh. Another one. Kadoosh. And I'm thinking, ah, fuck. Where's Jason? He disappeared. I had eyes on this right that was coming through, and I was thinking, boy, if I get this, it'll be the most memorable wave of my life. Because, again, I'm no hard charger, and I'm only, uh, I think I'm six years deep of surfing on my new stretch, 6'8", wannabe shortboard. And um, so that rolls through, and I start lining up for that wave, keeping my eye peeled for it. I kind of paddle for something. I don't get it. I kind of back off. I go back outside because I'm scared of shit to get clobbered again. And I still can't find Jason. And now I'm kind of looking at the shore. I'm looking around right, left, left, and right. He's nowhere to be seen. Jason, by the way, is riding what I believe is a 6'8 stretch. No, 6'8 
Lost Stretch RV surfboard. Very pretty surfboard. Um, Lost makes a bunch of cool stuff. Matt Biolos, as you well know, or may not know. So I, I can't see Jason, and now I'm kind of not. I don't want to say panicking, but it's in my head now. Uh, where's Jason? Now, now my priorities come become finding Jason, locating him uh, prior to catching a wave. I, all I want to see is him paddle back and say he got one, you know. And um, but I never see him, and I now now I'm I'm pretty conservative kind of guy in terms of uh, you know I want to make sure everyone's safe and stuff. So <laughs> um, so now I'm kind of worried about him, and I know he's a much more competent surfer and swimmer than I am. Uh, so I, I'm holding on to that thought, and I'm looking around, and again I'm not you know panicking, but I am concerned, and I kind of paddle in a little bit. I paddle in just a little too far in, not all the way in, just where the lip of the next set wave is going to be. And as I'm paddling, I uh, I realize, oh fuck, I'm going to get clobbered again. And I kind of resigned myself to, I guess, not catching any of these waves. So I tried my best to duck dive it, I'm just about under the lip. Um, I get through the first series. It pounds me back really hard. I'm holding onto my board tight. I'm doing cartwheels. It's spinning me around, all that fun stuff. I pop up again, <gasps> looking around. <gasps> Here it comes. About to get another one on the head. When off the corner of my eye, I see Jason. He's not in the water. He's in. He's on the beach. He's standing on the beach. So I was so relieved when I saw him off the corner of my eye. I, I was no longer scared of getting demolished at this next uh, these next few waves. I tried to duck dive the next wave. Good <laughs> I push my board under. I pop up. All right, I'm still alive. I have my board. I held on to my board. My goal is not to let go of my board. Finally, a third wave comes. I'm so I'm elated that Jason's on the beach now. I don't have to look for him anymore. And at this point, one thing about you know you paddle that far out, you know you're like, how the hell am I going to get out? And then there comes, then I get out there and I turn around, I'm like, how the hell am I going to get in? And um, the third wave comes. I've already been pushed back now, you know. Uh, it's had to have pushed me back 20, 30 yards back toward the beach. I'm pretty far out there. It was one of those big days. Um, if you've seen big days, you know what I'm talking about. And um, the third one, the board did, in fact, rip out of my hands violently. And I'm upside down. I don't know. I, I'm proud of how calm I stayed. I tried to stay calm. I didn't panic. And that board served as a sail because that water took that board and just pushed me the hell on in, which I was very pleased to uh, to do. <laughs> I grabbed the board, and now I'm just riding foam balls all the way into the beach. Um, didn't catch a damn wave, but super proud of myself for getting out there. And so I see Jason on the beach. I, Jason, what... Jason, what happened to you out there? Jason asked me. I go, oh, well, I start telling my whole story. Oh, well, you know, that big set came and then and then you took, I don't know what happened to you. And then I was looking all around and then I was kind of caught inside and then I got bumped around. And, I, and, I, fucking, and as I'm talking, I look and he's holding a broken leash. Turns out he went for that wave after I called outside. He took the preceding wave because he heard me. He wanted to get in. He said he was going to get clobbered otherwise. And he said he took a, an airdrop straight into the water felt that tension of his leash tighten tighten and the sweet reliefs of a leash snap and so him and his board went tumbling into shore apparently he was able to retrieve his board in the water he even said he was trying to retie the leash while in the water i think he gave up on that but um yeah he was in there with his board on the beach his uh six eight rv or lost stretch rv model 
So that, that was a little quiver talk. Uh, I'm just proud that I recorded something for you, uh, for me, <laughs> for us. And I guess this will conclude episode one. So you know what kind of boards I'm messing with. I got a 910 Lowe's Rider. I got a 710 Gunny kind of fun board. Board. I have a, a, a six a nine really fat old man fish, which I like. I have a six eight stretch it model, which is a board I'm still trying to figure out, which is the one I heroically paddled past the breakers at Manresa on December 22nd or whatever. And then finally I have that six two Channel Islands Weirdo Ripper, which while it was fun when I caught that elusive wave on it, um, I'm not I don't know how much more success I'll have on it. So we'll find out through the years, through the days through the episodes I wish I, I need a uh, a nice tagline or something cool to say at the end of each episode but for now I'm going to tell you um, adios and thanks for listening Till next time next time Life surfer at gmail.com.